Hello and welcome back to the Yodpod. This is UOKDoc's second podcast and this week we'll be talking about uncertainty. UOKDoc is a charity supporting the mental health and well-being of doctors. To help support us as a charity, please check out our text donate options in our podcast description. To find out more about UOKDoc, please check out our Instagram page and our website. This will be a conversational piece hosted by Chris Cherry. I hope you enjoy it. It's worth bearing in mind that these are the thoughts, opinions and experiences of those involved in the conversation only. Uncertainty is a fact of life for doctors and this podcast will be discussing just a few of those. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to this week's UOK Doc podcast. This week I've got Mark Seaman and Dan Gearan uh, to discuss uncertainty. Um, it seems as uncertainty is quite an important part of what doctors go through in their daily lives, both in terms of the routines and structure of of the work, uh, but also their own sense of responsibility to their patients and also in their private lives. Welcome, Mark and Dan. Thanks very much, Chris. Thanks, Chris. So when I talk about uncertainty, what and it's something that you two have, we've talked before about uncertainty, just tell me a little bit about what you mean by uncertainty, Mark. It's literally just the, the not knowing of um so from a from a patient point of view not knowing whether everything you do is a um a risk benefit analysis like every test you order is a a risk cost benefit analysis um so on probability you think you're doing the right thing by ordering this test or giving them this investigation or ignoring something sometimes and you don't always know uh whether that decision was the right one and Sometimes you find it's not, and that can have a severely detrimental effect on the patient and then your own mental health because you've done something bad. Well, it might not be bad, but... And then uncertainty from a personal perspective, it's you don't know what kind of a, a day you're going to have ahead of you. <laughs> some some days in medicine are really bad and some days are good. <laughs> and um, the really bad ones can be a bit scary sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So uncertainty in, in uncertainty is not nest, it's, it's sort of not quite knowing how things are going to unfold or the outcome of things. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, that's a natural part of your work, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. Literally. And, and then there, there are other ways in which there's uncertainty that I think you mentioned before about just the, the structure of work, about um, rotors and changeovers, handovers and moving from uh different environments to another yeah i mean if you yeah if you're the kind of person like me who if they see that they're going to be doing a certain shift and they're gonna and they know they're going to be in that kind of job they mm. i turn up expecting to do that and then if it suddenly changed like oh no you need to work somewhere else here for me i mm. have to do a bit of a mental jump to be able yeah. to get on board with that yeah because i've prepared yeah. myself to deal with one thing and um i don't know if everyone feels right but i find it quite difficult to then adjust yeah. to a change in plan <laughs> and, and dan it's that it's that do you have your own examples that that aren't the ones that mark's mentioned yeah i mean uh, i remember as an f1 i was uh, working in a hospital and they they were uh, essentially for whatever reason short-staffed on a particular team and i got pulled from my home team that i was on for for four months to go on a completely new speciality just for the one day uh, i mean that's very immediate i didn't have much to, didn't have much time to be to feel uncertain uh and actually they were very good they're very accommodating and they're very apologetic saying this is not really the done thing um really sorry that you're gonna have to move there etc so actually that that wasn't 
that wasn't such a bad, I mean, the very kind of, that very instant, Dan, plus and such speciality of shorts, you're going to have to go over, we're really sorry. I mean, I guess the delivery of it was actually fine and kind of put me to ease. And actually the specialist went on to was very good. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's one area. I mean, the, what, what Mark said about, you know, having uncertainty um, and medicine being the balance of probabilities on your decision-making, I think that's just part and parcel of what a, uh, a doctor shoulders, mm. you know, mm. making sure that they have the, I guess, a mental algorithm that they formulate over years and they, they try and figure out what's the correct diagnosis in the quickest way. But, the, but there's a lot of other uncertainties that go with the profession that Mark's touched upon, um, you know, to do with rotor changes, to do with uh, kind of lifestyle and things like that. Yeah. So it seems like quite a sort of uh, natural part of the work that you do as doctors, specialists. It comes with the territory. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, I think if you can, I think as a doctor, it's always important to kind of, uh, well, to be able to rationalise your decision making, uh, mm -hmm. uh, to touch on what Mark's been saying. And, you know, if you tend, I, I don't know, I, I feel quite comfortable making, well, I don't know if you find this, Mark, but some days I can make decisions without really even thinking. It's quite uh, automatic. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like riding a bike. Other days, it's a real struggle. Yeah. No, I feel the same. If you wake up, you turn up to one shift and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the, the team you're with or how you're feeling on the day or how you've read that particular set of investigations. But some days it's just mm -hmm. easier to be more confident in yourself. And Dan, mm. I found that I think some of those days are if you've had a good day previously, you know, things were going, you've made good decisions that went well and they went how you thought you would. It's easier then to have that confidence to keep making those decisions. But then inevitably, as you were saying, like, this is all a probability thing. Eventually you'll make a decision that isn't quite right. Um, and that can trip you up and then make you second guess yourself the next time, I think, maybe. Do you think, Dan, that's... So um, I think that, like, for me, I think sometimes, because I've really, it, it's really interesting. So when I was locuming, so when I did my first two years as a doctor, then I locum. So I, loc I didn't locum for the two years. I took time off. I traveled. And I came back and it was always after the time of traveling that, the that I think quite naturally the decision-making process was slower. So I was having to think about it more. So I've been out of you know, medicine for a month or two months or however long it was. But I think another factor aside from time out or away from the job, whether that's on annual leave or study leave, the other factor is, is that when you, um, I think it's uh, kind of um, your physical and emotional health if you've had a good night's sleep, if you're not particularly stressed in your home life, if you don't have, uh, for me, if, if I don't have too much on my mind, I'm fairly relaxed. I think I probably tend to make decisions fairly quickly. But that, uh, I think I have the ability to be extremely quick, but I also have the ability to be extremely slow in decision making. I've got, I'm kind of extreme, <laughs> but there's no in between with me so, so people are going to have different reactions responses to what seems to be a common sort of situation that you all have to experience in general the um you, you just started talking down about some of what you need to attend to to make yourself robust or resilient in the face of just the sort of normal uncertainties day to day yeah you, you're talking about sleep 
exercise? What are some of the other things that, I mean, we're creatures of mood. So all of those things are going to affect your mood as well as what you've just said, Mark, which is, you know, having had a good day, that's going to boost you for the next day. But of course, inevitably something will happen that will impact on you. So what are the important ways in which you keep yourself resilient and robust? I think I realise that like with, like with medicine, you can get on a, on a treadmill and just, you know, keep on going. And actually, um, when I was in my foundation year two, I did a GP rotation. And uh, just by the nature of it, it wasn't as many hours. I was doing less, less work at the weekends. I still had to go into the hospital that I was based at um, centrally to do uh, shifts, but not as many. And I found, and I really kind of noticed the effect of actually uh, exercise. Like if I exercised the evening before going into work, I was a lot more sharp. Uh, just a lot more alert, a lot more focused that, that following day, even if it was, I mean, for me, it was, uh, I got pretty much given a rowing machine by one of the guys I knew that was moving to America. And uh, for me, I just was like, okay, let's start. I mean, I, I got very locked onto rowing almost every day. But the, uh, so that was one thing. Uh, but that also coincided with eating healthy, you know, a lot healthier, um, going out a lot less. Um, when I say going out, I didn't mean going out drinking. I mean going out, like filling up my diary with like seeing friends and family and rushing about everywhere. I just slowed everything down and gave myself time, and that allowed me to definitely like focus on. Mark, what what are your what what sort of things do you draw upon to keep yourself resilient, robust? I guess very much like drawing on the the kindness podcast we talked about before. Yeah. It's um, reflecting on because I I become quite aware if I've if something hasn't gone as well, it does dwell on my mind for quite a while. Um, I try and um, I try and learn from what it was, or I talk to someone about it. Um, we're talking about uh, uncertainty, and one of the great ways to deal with uncertainty is to do something called risk sharing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, by that, I mean talking with a colleague yeah. or a senior about that thing you're uncertain of at the time. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, medical complexities, unexplained sy- symptoms, diagnoses that are fairly similar and um, and can be a little bit confusing and and will have different management options. And especially when you're more junior, but at any stage really, I think it's important to be able to talk to someone about yeah. it um, and to be able to do that risk sharing process um, because uh, it's it's easy to it's easy to dwell on things after the fact. Um, but I think, I think it's important to at the time risk share. And then if you've, if you've had something that you weren't certain about, um, try and follow up the next day, see where it went. Don't, don't let the unknown always be unknown. Um, add a little bit of certainty to the uncertainty because it's fairly easy to follow up on the patients you've seen and the actions you've taken. And then you can discuss it further again, if you need to, or, or, or learn from it and build upon, um, your, you know, your own personal mental uh, algorithm of decision making. Like you said, Dan, it's you, you develop uh, medicine is all about patterns and you build up these patterns in yeah. your head and um, they become a little bit easier as you go on. So, you, you, I mean, you're sort of in the, if I understand the way you're talking, it's sort of what are the, what the, what are the opportunities to learn? Yeah. Definitely. But also the importance of being able to talk it through with people that you feel will understand or, or be able to give you good 
solid feedback or just be able to listen to your doubts and uncertainties. Yeah. Yeah. Having someone to listen to you for always throughout medicine, that has always been the thing that's helped me the most in terms of if I think I've made the wrong decision or, or if I'm concerned about my decision-making process is talking it through with someone Yeah, and they'll either validate your decision plan or they'll point out something that you can learn from. And, and the best way to go into that is, is to see it as a, as an opportunity as, rather than sort of fearing yes. some sort of judgment or sort of conclusion about your ability or inability. Oh, definitely. And I think that's uh, probably one of the most difficult things for uh, maybe when you're first starting as a doctor or, or a medical student or really anything in life where you're not certain about something yeah. is realizing that, you know, it, the old saying of there is no stupid question that yeah. really is true. You'll yeah. always regret the question you didn't ask. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that my own personal experience, um, I've always, if I haven't asked the question, I will probably not sleep that night. Right. Um, I would always rather have asked the question. And now I ask a lot of questions and some of them might be completely stupid. Um, but, I don't see them as that. I'm like, no, yeah. I need to ask this question because it's yeah. my own well-being as well as the patient's. And literally just asking the question is in itself quite an important part of that process. Literally yeah. sort of driving yourself to ask the question um, yeah. in itself becomes a push against the fear and the, I mean, because uncertainty is something that creates its own anxieties. It's in the context of UK doc, we're looking at, mental and emotional well-being and uncertainty whether, whether it's a doctor or just generally as a as a, as a therapist it's it's a significant part of the work that i do with anybody it's sort yeah. of uncertainty you can fill with lots of doubts and fears judgments criticisms so literally proactively engaging with it is, is the first step towards reducing the fears which is which is what sounds like you're you you you've learned to do yeah i think that's my biggest coping mechanism and it purely was driven by the fact that I would frequently go home and not be able to sleep or I'd work myself up about something and it'd probably only be small and I realized that no it's just best just to talk about it at the time yeah so so Dan why didn't you learn to do that <laughs> Dan was ahead of the curve so, uh, so I was with a colleague who uh, still a very good friend of mine when 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 I first entered in, into medicine after graduating and the first thing I realized is that he didn't care what question he asked the guy was supremely intelli intelligent passed all of his surgical exams you know his first couple of years as a doctor and I kind of learned from him I was like actually you know what like the consultants and the registrars that you're asking these questions to it almost it almost was him asking the question really created a room for them to start teaching you and I just kind of followed his lead I was like actually this is a really good thing and actually I, I you know every rotation you go around I'm not rotating around um, a GP speciality where you see a lot of ENT patients or dermatology patients and you see some things that you haven't seen before etc this is you like part of surgical training you go to different specialities and their specialities there will be stuff that you haven't there'll be procedures conditions techniques that you haven't come across before or haven't done before maybe heard of and actually you're very much in the realm of going actually but I don't really know what you're talking about you're gonna to have to tell me like uh, you're gonna to have to explain this one to me and that's just part of it now if you're doing that a year down the line that's fine uh but but it but i do it straight off the bat you know when I, as soon as i get into that rotation 
I'm like, I just don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're going to you're gonna have to get me up to speed on this one. I mean, it's great to hear you two. I mean, you're both well into your careers. You're both experienced. It's great to hear your stories about your own personal experiences and your own strategies. And I just think the value of people who are either just starting on their careers or beginning to doubt or question their own abilities, just the value of hearing you two speak in the way that you are. I mean, Mark, the, thing, the things that you've been speaking about are just very classic sort of suggestions around uncertainty about letting go of what you can't control, accepting there are things that you can't control, being able to reflect, being able to see the possibilities, and also what you're both talking about is avoid avoidance. So pro, proactively engaging with the things that you, if you pause and think about, you'll will become anxieties and fears. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think part of um, the uncertainty within medicine and, and things is that you do have to, well, actually this is the point I hadn't thought of. It's like when I was doing GP, I found GP to be a, a land of extreme uncertainty mm. because as a GP, you're relying on your history taking, your examination skills, which is what, what you do in hospital medicine as well. And then you can still request investigations, you can still refer the patient, but it's not, it's not in, in real time. And what I mean by real time is if you go to a hospital, if you're a doctor in a hospital, you, you've got that patient, whether it's an A&E or if they've been admitted, you're seeing on the ward, you can request those investigations you can request scans and they get done that day or the, or the next day. And it, it mitigates that uncertainty. In fact, I remember saying to my GP tutor, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not cut out to be a GP because actually the level of uncertainty that I'm having to shoulder here is not, I was like, I'm definitely, this was before I decided, well, I had decided on surgery, but I was still quite open-minded to GP and I'd actually applied to surgery when I was at, on my GP rotation. But I remember, I, I remember saying, I was like, I, this is not my speciality. You know, you're, it has its, its pluses, but for me, the level of responsibility in terms of, I mean, you're just, you're, you're managing GP, as a GP more risk. And I think, you know, with that, there comes in hand, hand in hand as uncertainty. I mean, one of the things that is clear to me in this conversation and, and as a therapist with people, they personalize things as if they're the only person that would be going through or experiencing the things that, 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 that they're going through. But you're, the two of you are making it very clear that uncertainty is, goes right, right to the core of the work you do in all kinds of different ways. Yeah. So that to me seems a really important thing that it's both a personal experience, of course it is, but it's also something that you all go through as just a very real part of the work you do, which I think is very important for people to be able to have sort of acknowledged and recognized, particularly by you as doctors. And then if you were to just, what would be the sort of final sort of thing you might say to people listening, doctors or people in general? Because I think it's also useful for people who are not doctors to kind of be able to stand in your shoes a little bit and see what it's like. So what, what, would, what would be the thing that you'd say? that you'd want to sort of leave people with? I guess that you're, you're going to be, you're going to have uncertainty. Um, there are going to be days where you're less certain than others. Um, and that doesn't mean that you're a bad doctor. Um, doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing, but don't be afraid to talk about it. People aren't going to look at you any less. Yeah. Even say, even if you become a little bit more experienced and you have a bad day and you just need to run something by someone, uh, people are going to understand that because they'll have done it themselves. They'll be there themselves. It's it, 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 as I hear it, you're saying this is normal. Yes, this is the stuff you're going to go through. Yeah, um, and it's both something that, of course, will impact you on a personal level, 
but don't over associate it with something wrong with you this is a normal everyday experience that you're all going through yeah um, and if you talk about it on the whole you'll be received in a positive kind of constructive way yeah i think so and if someone doesn't receive you in that way um talk to someone yeah. else just ignore them <laughs> yeah yeah dan what would you what would be your sort of concluding thoughts what, what would be some of the things that you'd want to i think um, for the new doctors, sometimes I certainly felt maybe right at the beginning, had I not, I mean, I was next to someone that was asking a lot of open questions and kind of saying, look, I don't know about this, what does this mean, etc. But I know internally I was feeling if I ask a question, that's almost an admission that I don't know the subject. And actually, I think that if we just, if doctors can accept that medicine is a hugely broad subject with many different specialities, and actually, if you look at the consultants, I mean, if you look at like, if you look at any consultant, they will get, they will discuss, they will maybe debate. Um, but, you know, if they're unsure on something, they will get a second opinion or they will refer that patient onto a different consultant. Or I may say to a colleague or I may say to Mark, Mark, I don't think, I mean, this is not going to happen, but Mark, I don't think you're quite right there and go, you know, maybe let's try that. I mean, that's, that's part of the culture. And I think that if as a, as a, as a first year doctor, second year doctor, et cetera, you can learn actually by asking questions and leaning on your colleagues for advice and support, that's a great way of mitigating uncertainty and actually a great way of helping you go home and making, feeling like you've done a, done a good job. I mean, in, in really both of you are saying, give yourself to permission to talk about it, talk it through with people. Yeah, And as you said earlier, Mark, if someone is, doesn't respond in a way that's kind or kind of well-received, then don't associate that with kind of proof that you've done something wrong. That's more about that person's inability and probably their inability to deal with the very things that you're learning how to deal with. Yeah. One of the things in talking to you both, and I do want to just acknowledge kind of how important it's been that the two of you are talking in the way that you're talking. I mean, UOK Doc was set up to be able to acknowledge and recognize and to be able to normalize these things. And the way you've talked, I just think is so such a valuable opportunity. I think you two are at the forefront of being able to talk about and articulate these things in a way that normalizes them. I think there'll be a lot of doctors out there who are questioning their own abilities and the way that you two are talking, I think, the important thing is for them not to be questioning their abilities, that it's something that's very much a part of the challenges of the situation that you're all in. So thank you very much for, for talking about it so openly and honestly. Um, and I think what we're, how I'm left is there's so much more to talk about in, in, around this subject. Um, so thank you. Thanks very much, Chris. Thank you, Chris. So that was our first discussion on uncertainty in the lives of doctors. I really hope you enjoyed it and we look forward to seeing you again on our next podcast. Please check out UOKDoc on our website and our Instagram page and find out more about us in our podcast description. See you on the next Yod Pod.